Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Okay, we'll go from there. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Raw Milk. With a bit of a Christmas theme, it is the 20th of December, 2022. My name's Josh Cook, and I'm joined, as always, by my Stanley confidant and good friend, Mr. Callum Gibson. Gibby, how are you? Yes, steady away, as always, Chief, although you've uh, missed a trick there and should have called it Ho 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 Milk this time. Uh, do you know what? Can we just run those past me before we start recording? Because there's, I think you do that like every episode now. But that's not my. You're the jokes guy. I'm just the the X's and O's man. That's our relationship here. You like that? You like that linger like a bad smell? Then you absolutely did me, and rightfully so. It was terrible. <laughs> I usually comment on it as well and just say, just going to leave that there. But I decided not to this time. Yeah, it is good. Well, all right then. Welcome to Ho 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 Milk. Um, is that what you said? That sound. I mean, it sounds a bit dodgy as well. T- it's a different kind of podcast, that, to be fair. Yeah, it is, yeah. <laughs> yeah, after hours version. Um, How are you getting on? It's uh, five days till Christmas. Everybody is rough as rats from what I see. Everyone's got the flu. Everyone's got COVID. Everyone's freezing. They can't afford their gas bills. How are you doing? Yeah, it's the best I've been for a while. I absolutely fucked last week. Um, no one wants to hear me go on about that, but uh, everyone just seems to have something at the moment. Um, and I think, I don't know if it's the World Cup, or I don't know if it's just the way that the year has been a shit show, but uh, it might just be me, but I, I don't feel festive at all, really. I could do it with another, with another month to prepare for Christmas. I can't, I doesn't feel like it's in five days, if that makes sense. 
Yeah, I mean, it's I'm awful at shopping and stuff anyway, so it, it adds the pressure when you get to this point and everyone's like, have you got everything that you should have got? Have you got all this? And I just sit there thinking, I've got none of that. Well, I've just... Um... I've done no shopping, but this year it's different because I've got um, I've got a, a baby niece now for the first time. It's the first child of that generation, so I'm thinking you can't really get a, a seven-month-old baby, you know, brake fluid in a barbecue from the petrol station. So um, I'm gonna have to get something proper, aren't I? So yeah, you are. Times are running out. Times are running out. See what Poundland uh, has to offer tomorrow. Oh, well, I thought you liked phone charges. Congratulations, and what a spoilt young uh, girl she'll be this Christmas. Um, <laughs> did you enjoy the World Cup? How did you think? What did you think about it? It was weird, wasn't it, watching it? But I thought, with everything that went along with it, and obviously the questionable um, handing of it to Qatar, I thought, as a football in spectacle, I did enjoy it, to be honest. Um, but I also feel like it is the World Cup, and I just enjoy it anyway, no matter where it would be. Yeah, it was like a, a Donna Kebab World Cup. Dirty, but you still enjoyed it. Um, that that first, the week before it started, I remember saying to my friend Craig, I said, it's the World Cup next week, and I'm not buzzing at all. Whereas usually in a World Cup year, January onwards, World Cup, everything, look at the fixtures, taking days off, things like that. But once it got going, the football itself was great. Um, obviously, the awarding of it to Qatar was, you know, everyone's looked into that very ropey. Um, but, you know, as, as as someone said to me, eight of the countries that qualified out of the 32, one in four homosexuality is illegal. Um, the next one's in America, responsible for more deaths than anywhere else. So where do you start and where do you stop with that? It's a minefield. It's ropey as fuck. They should never have had it. But a lot of the elements of it went a lot better than I thought. And I was just saying to you before I went on air, it's that pretentious to say on air. No. Before we started recording, let's go back with that. Mm. But, um, you know, even though I hope it never happens in winter again, and I don't think the big leagues would ever allow it to happen in winter again, I enjoy the novelty of it. Like, coming out of a pub into the snow after an England game is, like, surreal, really. I remember watching the USA game at home, and I had the Christmas tree next to me. It was pitch black outside. I was like, what the fuck is this? Um, but, like you say, once you, you lent into what it was, it was enjoyable. All the underdogs did well, which is always very good. You have the thing with Morocco, first African semi-finalist. Don't ever type in, if you want to find the answer to that, for African semi, because you, you you won't like the result. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, the final, I would say, I mean, it might be nostalgia, but I, I can't remember a better final, certainly in my lifetime, uh, that I've seen, that I've watched and rem remembered. No, it was like two. It was like two heavyweight boxers just slogging it out, wasn't it? I mean, oh. that chance that Mbappe had on 123, and then they went up the other end, and was it that Martinez nearly scored as well? And you just think it's that was absolutely margin, unreal. Well, the well is, it is, isn't it? I mean, the you know, France um, Martinez, sorry, in goal made that unbelievable save after about 115 minutes as well, just to keep his team in it. You just think. You know, a, a different a sort of, you know, is it in that just over the keeper or a little bit more to the right? And yeah. it, it's a completely different story. And that's like, yeah. And that's no. the case with England, isn't it? We, um, a little, you know, that Maguire header that just went wide and stuff like that. And obviously, we won't talk about that Kane penalty, but I thought realistically, we were, if we, I thought if we were going to beat France, I thought we'd have, we'd have done, we'd have gone well, all the way. You know what? I think there was a bit of arrogance about us doing this thing about, 
oh, it's only Morocco, so we beat France for in the final. But I said that as well, pot calling kettle. Um, but I was looking at it though, it's it's the weird, the English, and I, again, I do it as well, but it's the weird, the English sense of mentality. So we've been to one final in nearly 60 years. Germany have been to eight World Cup finals, six Euros finals, 14 finals in the same time. And yet we expect to win everything. It's a game of football. At the end of the day, you know, we played really, really well. Uh, Gary Neville said when he played for England, they had big games, but they always thought, oh, we hang on, we might nick it. He said, we never, we never played like that, like we played against France, where we should have won. Uh, and if you play that, if you play England v France 10 times, it's five wins each, isn't it, really? It's such fine margins. I mean, oh, I'll say that, but what the fucking hell was he doing? Just hit the target, man. And, uh, you know, a lot of, I don't like uh, hindsight merchants. Oh, it's his club mate. He shouldn't have took two, or, oh, he shouldn't have took the second one because he's nervous or whatever. If he hadn't have took that, every person in England would have personally found Gareth Southgate's house and attacked him, you know, because you can't not have Harry Kane take a penalty for England in a, in a World Cup game. It's just one of those things. And I thought that piece of commentary, um, we needed Gary Lineker and we got Chris Waddle was poor, really. Yeah, I'm um, surprised he's not come back and I, I don't know whether he has. Has he apologised for that? I'm surprised he hasn't because obviously heat of the moment, stuff like that. But that's that seems like, that feels like something that's rehearsed even. Yeah, you know, Chris, Chris Waddle's, a, a, you know, it was an unbelievable player by all accounts as well when you look at his mm. career and a proper cheap shot into him. But yeah. So cheap shot. I'd, I'd be surprised if he doesn't come out and 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 uh, apologise. I think that um, my favourite bit of commentary was when Mbappe got the hat trick in the final, and Alan McCoy said uh, it's the first hat trick in a final where the ball's crossed the line. Yeah, very good. Well, yeah, very good. Well, yeah, very decent World Cup. Uh, the next one, obviously USA, Mexico, and Canada. My last little rant, my last little soapbox. Stop these stupid ones where they share it between countries. Just give it to one country. I was looking at the because um, that's what it's about going somewhere new and experiencing their, um, you know, language and hospitality and things. Um, but I was looking at 2030. Is it 2030? 26. Yeah. Yeah. And these are some of the bids, the actual bids: Chile, Argentina, and Colombia. Again, although they're next to each other, it's miles and miles. That if you're playing South Chile, you're near the North Pole, really. Um, then some ridiculous ones. Greece, Egypt and Saudi Arabia, joint bid. And then the stupidest one of all, Portugal, Spain and Ukraine. So Portugal, Spain next to each other. Cynical. Oh, we'll put Ukraine in there because of what they're going through. They'll probably give Yeah, them that's op- that's opportunistic, isn't it? Yeah, that's, yeah, I think so. That's just sort of jumping on the um, bandwagon of obviously the sh- all the terrible stuff that's happening over there, really. Uh, and they seem to have stopped this thing of rotating the continents as well now. Because um, that was always the policy, wasn't it? So uh, yeah, well, I think that's a positive yeah. thing, though. I always, I always think that's fine. I'd like to see another one over in Asia as well soon. Yeah, um, no, I agree. I agree. And in certain continents, you, you know, there's, there's not really, you know, if you if you go back to say Africa, you know, South Africa can't have it again. Um, who else can be ready in that time frame? Um, I hope they get, I hope they do get it again. I'm pretty sure Morocco. Was it Morocco? No, it was, I think it was Algeria and Tunisia. 
that's another one who are trying to get it as well. Well, that's because Morocco are hosting the Club World Cup, I saw as well. I think that's next year. Or you, mean, you mean you mean the um, 32 team tournament where the managers oh, of teams. Well, I mean, that was just, yeah. It's the, managers, the managers of teams who can play in the schedule is too congested will happily go over there for the for the money. Yeah, of you course. Know, yeah. The same the same managers who say it's too tiring to play your second string in two League Cup games will then fly the first team squad to Morocco for pointless basically friendlies. Yeah. Um, Glorified yeah. friendlies. Yeah, fair enough. Well then well let's take a little bit of um an update on where we see Stanley at the minute. At the point of recording, Accrington are currently 19th in Skybet League One. We are played 21-5, drawn six, lost nine. We've run 21 points. We are currently just a single point above that relegation zone. Teams underneath us are Cambridge United, Forest Green, MK Dons, Burton. And then propping up the table in their rightful place is Morecambe FC, our friends from over the other side of the county. Um, Stanley's matches recently I mean we're in that season where everything's getting postponed isn't it we were postponed against Port Vale at the weekend then we've had Football League trophy win last week but then postponed at home uh, to Pompey um, and then 1-1 home draw against Oxford um, FA Cup 1-0 win against Barnet Grimsby away win again Football League trophy then a 1-0 away win at Cambridge um, and a defeat by Sheffield Wednesday at home takes us pretty much to the start of November, give or take a few weeks. Um, I think in terms of commenting on where Stanley are, I don't know about you, but it feels like we have this conversation now every time we sit down and do a podcast, but we're more or less sort of cemented into this mini league this year of these sort of bottom six sides um, fighting it out to sort of stay in the division. Um yeah, what are your thoughts really on on that on on the results and where you see us this year, maybe, and has that changed at all? Because I know that we had this conversation last time, and for me, I don't think it's changed much whatsoever. Really, I think we're pretty much where we deserve to be, and I think we're pretty much where we will be at the end of the season. Well, you know, I, I'll sound like a broken record now, but uh, I always say the same thing, don't I? For me, I'll take fifth bottom on goal difference every time. Um, but then secretly to myself, when we have win two or three on the spin, oh, we could sneak the playoffs. I'm a, you know, I'm a, I'm a very much a feast or famine kind of guy, really. Um, but I think those results you read out a second ago, it's par for the course, really. There's not too much in there I didn't expect. The away win at Cambridge was obviously a great boost. Uh, but we do seem to be getting a lot more sort of low-scoring games, which is handy, because we were shipping a lot of goals. We went through, I think we went through a spell where we four games on the spin, we conceded three goals. And uh, it just looked like, you know, where are the wins going to come from? The confidence has gone. You know, things like McCombell missing two penalties against Derby in two minutes. Like that's, you know, you put your house on that never happening. Um, they just look bereft. But uh, we've dragged some results out of somewhere. Harvey Rogers has turned into the new Pele, um, which I'm delighted for him because he used to get a bit of stick. But I, I always said he was always a solid six and a half out of ten player. Like, he never excelled, but he, would, he never let anyone down, really. Uh, and it's good to see him sort of um, start to come good. To me, For me now, you know, the, the season rests on the Boreham Wood game. You know, if, if, we, if we can win that and finally get that elusive 
proper cup tie. I know that's greedy. You know, we've reached a stage where the other year it came out Accrington v Derby or Southampton, and everyone, oh, you know, it was still a great tie, really. But I think it was Gab Sutton said on um, Twitter, he said, for, for all John Coleman's hard work, it's the one thing he deserves that he hasn't had is that massive behemoth, you know, um, tie, you know, to be able to shake hands with, you know, a pepper, a clop, and, you know, have that that image for, for life. You know, um, as I'm sure they'll say about Coleman, they probably have Coleman posters on their bedroom walls. But uh, I just think, as well, not not to hark on about, you know, my political views are very well known, but it's been such a cavalcade of shite for the town and for Heimben and for the Northwest, really. That the you know, if if you could get a Man City or a Liverpool or an Arsenal, you know, roll, trying to fit their coach down Livingston Road, I think it'd be a great boost for the area as well. So my Season, I think we'll stay up. I think there's four teams worse than us. Burton and Forest Green, I called out ages ago, are absolute dog shit. So we just need to find two worse teams. Thank you, Morecambe. Oh, by the way, well, yeah, right? I was just going to say you can definitely add Morecambe to that list because I, th- I think they're poor. I mean, without Connor Ripley, they'd be absolutely snookered. Yeah, must have saved at least five penalties this year. Um, he was in team of the, he was in team of the week last week as well, wasn't yeah. he? But uh, when they came to the crown, I was honestly shocked by how poor they were um and they just we we won that game without getting out of second gear really it was and i know you want to hammer them that's good for us but I, I can't that dot the problem they've got is that that Derek adams shithousery is brilliant when you're winning you know if you're not winning there's, there's no point to it really and fans get frustrated and it, it's not entertaining it's not it's not as though you're losing four three and you can say oh at least we're entertained it's just it's just dour, you know. Well, just touching on them as well, it seems from sort of Twitter and social media that um maybe a bit of fan perspective on Derek Adams is starting to shift in the other direction. I think he's got a lot of naysayers now that sort of pop up when things are going badly, especially that especially that result against us. I remember there were a lot of them that were very disappointed in that and the sort of manner in it. And like you just said, I think they picked up on us not really having to get out of second gear when in reality we're a team in and around them that they should be looking to pick points off. Can I just say that uh, I think they're all wrong and Derek is doing a terrific job. And, yeah, uh, well, for me, he's, he's certainly been manager of the month, November, October and September and possibly even August. So They're going to fucking do us next week now, aren't they? Yeah, so we ask for that. Um, well, let's touch on that then. So, yeah, coming up for Stanley in the Christmas period, we have Boxing Day at home to Barnsley. No pushovers, currently sitting very nicely in a playoff position. Fourth, just under that sort of top three leading pack. Morecambe away, uh, Thursday the 29th of December is a nine, is a quarter to eight kickoff. 1945 kickoff. And then we've got Derby away on the 2nd of Jan, which will be a fantastic sort of um, an event really for everyone. And then we have Boreham Wood, 7th of January away in the FA Cup third round, which is, of course, something to look forward to that you've just touched on there. Let's just concentrate on those league games, though. Barnsley, Morecambe and Derby. Um, You just mentioned, didn't we, before we started recording, um, that we moaned about the fixtures in the lead-up till Christmas, really. But these are the ones that we picked out. This is the sort of time where we said, those are the ones that I'm looking forward to. You know, Barnsley will bring 
a shitload on Boxing Day, I imagine. I'm surprised if they haven't sold out already. If not, then it'll be very, very full. Morecambe is a great event, even though it's a quarter to eight kickoff. I don't particularly know why that's happening. Um, and then Derby will be a really good day out for everyone, even though it's the 2nd of Jan, which it'd be nice if it was New Year's Day, that really, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, people are still off, so it's not too bad. But, uh, you know, we've been shafted with these things before, like Sheffield Wednesday being moved to a Wednesday night, ironically, and things like that. So just to have a, a chance to be able to go to, to games like this is, is good for people. But, yeah, these are the games, you know, these are the games you're in League One for. This is what you come up for. To test yourself against Barnsley and, and, and Derby County, and you know we, we we belong at this level now, you know, and we, and uh, you know we've earned the right to, to these games. I mean, we've not played at Pride Park before, so well, certainly in, you know post Reformation, so we're going to get the usual, um, you know, what's going to happen is you're going to get requests from sort of Derby fanzines and podcasts, and they're going to do what Sunderland and Ipswich used to do, it's your cup final. Big day. Will you players raise the game? Well, no, it's a league game for them, you know. Um, so that's going to all happen again. Um, but to be able to turn, if we turn them over, those are the games Stanley turn up for, though, aren't they? You know, a 1 0 smash and grab. It's written in the stars, really. That's exactly it. What are you getting to over Christmas? So I'm going to go to, I'm, I'm there on Boxing Day. I'll be there at Morecambe. But then I have just booked to spend New Year in Ireland um, with some mates of mine. So I fly on the 30th of December and I come back on the 2nd of Jan now. So I'm going to miss that Derby game. I will be on a plane, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, are you, are you going to all three or are you... How's it looking for you? Yeah, it should be. So I, I go up to my dad's Christmas Eve and then we uh, sort of staying over there for a few days. So we'll, tr- we'll go together to the, the Boxing Day game. Uh, Morecambe, obviously, not going to miss Morecambe away. Touch wood of them well. And then Derby, yeah, unless work, you know, unless work puts puts something in for me, which they can do. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll be on it. So I haven't been to that many this year. And ironically, Derby at home was one of them. So uh, interesting symmetry there. And, uh, and we got yeah, yeah, we absolutely hammered. Yeah, but it was the, it was that, it was that crazy two minutes, wasn't it? We we missed two penalties in sixty seconds, and then they scored a minute later. And you think, well, is this, you know, indicative of our season? We're we going to get relegated. But uh, I think, yeah, well, I think we'll go there. We'll have we'll have a we'll have a good, uh, you know, good bout of intoxication, and and we'll enjoy ourselves, and we'll uh, we'll we'll see what happens. You know, they were good people, Derby. Actually, when they came to the crowd, they were good fans because. Um, for some stupid reason from Manchester, the trains to Aki are always at 10 past and get you to Aki on the hour. It's like 10 past 12, get there for one. So I used to always get the 10 past one, get to Aki for two. It just doesn't exist anymore. Every other hour there is one, there just isn't one then. So you have to change at Hebden Bridge, which is not a problem. Uh, a few beers in Hebden Bridge, lovely jubbly. Uh, but then the Hebden Bridge to Aki was cancelled or delayed and there's loads of Derby fans panicking, shacking into taxis. So I got to Aki train station about 20 minutes after kickoff, and we took like five Derby fans up to the ground in the back of Poulton's van. So uh, yeah, that was, that was quite memorable. They were loving it. Um, but yeah, I just walked in and I'd been in the ground about two minutes when those penalty misses happened. Oh my goodness! And obviously there were Derby fans in the in callies. It's like screaming and shouting, and it's and, but uh, yeah, not 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 the greatest of uh, of games. Good occasion well, though. 
Hopefully it's better on the second then. Um, what would you take then? Nine points there. I think that in current form and the way that we've been this season, uh, performances before, I think if someone offered me four points, I'd take them now, realistically. I expect I expect nothing from Barnsley and Derby. So again, I'd probably take I'd take four. I'd take, well, beat Morecambe and anything else the bonus. That's um, exactly it, yeah. Just, just I, I, expect both, that. I expect both Derby and Barnsley to give us a hiding, to be honest. Um, but beat Morecambe and we'll see. Yeah, and like you say, that that's probably good enough for, for that little mini table that we're in. Um, okay, then after that, you've just said that Boreham Wood is, is the FA Cup game. It's probably the best weekend of the season, that, if we're honest, isn't it? FA Cup third round weekend, especially for lower league teams, as fans. Um, what, what are your hopes? I think, I mean, everyone's been saying, obviously, it is very, very winnable. It could be a little bit of a banana skin that, you know, though. It's not going to be as easy as people think, I don't think. Yeah, I've judged it both ways. So when it came out, all the lads are saying, great draw, winnable. But I, I am quite a pessimist. And I said, they're, they're, they're a good outfit. The the Giant killed a lot of teams last year. They played Everton away in the fifth round, I think. They yeah. lost 1-0. One, one uh, they're not a pub team. They've got a backer who puts a lot of money in. They're a bit like a Southern Fleetwood, really. Um, but they just don't get the gates. Um, the, you know, they've, they've made the conference playoff final a few years ago. And when you think about the gap between the conference and League Two is narrowing, you know, you're talking about, let's say we were playing Bradford, you wouldn't be as confident. No. The, stand, the standard is very similar. And with it being away as well, I I agree, it's a banana skin. It's winnable, but if you said to me now, would you take a replay and take them back to the crown so you're in the heart, I'd probably say yeah. Yeah, I'd fully expect them as well. You just mentioned the crowds that they get, but I think... First week in Christmas, first week in the new year, I think there will be a decent crowd on for that as well. So I'd expect us to be under the cosh a little bit. And like you say, it, if we were playing Bradford away, I'd be I'd be saying right, we're going to go there and get beat. So yeah, I think we'll take a few as well for the novelty, really. Uh, new ground, never played. Yeah, before. I'm uh, I'm eyeing it up to be honest. Yeah, I'm, I'm fancy eyeing it. it up. Um, um, you can buy the tickets now on the Boreham website. No one seems to have advertised that anywhere. But, um, oh, really? Yeah, you go into the away section and buy away tickets, yeah. Oh, nice. Um, okay, then, so hopefully we'll get through them all right. I mean, just touching then on, we've just been, we're into the quarterfinals of the Football League trophy. That thing that we've said many, many a times we don't really pay attention till until we're in this section now. Um, we're two games from Wembley, aren't we? Are we in the is it the actual quarterfinals or the Northern I quarterfinals? Think, I think that's the actual quarterfinals. I think there's only eight teams left. Yeah, there's yeah, I, I think that's right. So and is the is the semi would that be two legs? I don't think it is anymore. Brilliant. Yeah. Um but I might I could be wrong on that, but I do not I don't think it we're is a, anymore, no. We're a handful of games away from Wembley. Well, yeah, a small I'm, handful of games. Realistically, Lincoln away is probably the worst draw we could have got though in that team in that in that bag of uh, teams, to be fair, because we've got a fucking shit um history there as well so i'm not really holding much bloody hope for that even now i was getting really excited for that and then banged lincoln away i was like ugh. yeah it's a weird little trophy that because as i've said many times once they put the under 21 teams in that, that killed it for me um but obviously football fans are fickle by nature you know once you get to this round once you get the sniff of wembley you're not going to turn it down but it's that kind of trophy where 
because they're all League One and League Two sides, there are no interesting ties to be had. Do you know what I mean? Whoever came out of there, they were all they were all shit ties. You just wanted a home tie, really. Best chance of progressing. Well, Salford at home, yeah. one we could have had, really. Um, but they, well, it's, it reminds me of Salford away a couple of years ago when we went, and we what did we take seven hundred and eighty or something like that? Yeah, it was and, strange, and, wasn't it? And yeah. we were absolutely dire in the second half and didn't get anywhere near beating them. So that was when Bursic took the free kick, wasn't it? Do you remember Joe Bursic, the keeper? Yes, that was that moment. Yeah. It was the first time he did it. Yeah, and I was like, "What the fuck is he doing?" We went one nil up. I think Sam Finley scored a massive deflected, like thirty-yard yeah. sort of screamer, didn't he? Um, it was really weird because, like, they have they have no fan base anyway, and out, and then out of the no fan base that they have, they did, most of them didn't go to that game anyway. So we looked massive. We like we filled all our end out, and we probably had more than the rest of the ground put together. I think we, we did. did. I, bit, I remember. Yeah. I remember seeing a tweet from a Portsmouth fan saying, "You've been outnumbered by Accrington. You are the most tin pot team in the football league." <laughs> Absolutely magnificent. Yeah, you've got to find yeah. that. Find it. Yeah. Um, it. But yeah, I mean, yeah. Come on, let's go there. And I mean, once you say once you one game away from Wembley, wow, we were. As John Coleman said in the past, that's sort of the one thing that is eluding him in his career at the minute. And he said after that Salford game, I remember that he's not going to get too many more chances of that. Um, Rattio then. So one thing that I wanted to ask you would be, what are your memorable Boxing Day games that you can remember? Because three always, well, it, it was two, but I'm going to give an honourable mention to one for me. So the, the two that I always mention is, is Morecambe, away 2009 um two goals from phil edwards um gave us a a pretty decent win away i remember that it was touch and go whether the game was going to be on and we we managed to do, to beat them away at the old christie park as well another one that i always think of is i went to the 2008 game when and at this point i was only 13 and i was really buzzing every time I went to watch Stanley away it was like a really interesting sort of exciting time used to go with my granddad and stuff we got absolutely fucking battered at Chester 2-0 and I just I was just reading the match report from it and it was Accrington slipped to a fourth successive defeat as they were beaten at Chester City on Boxing Day goals from Ryan Law as well um, and just looking at the Stanley team that day Dunbavan, Richardson Phil Edwards, Kieran Charnock, Chris King, Jimmy Ryan, John Mullen, Andy Proctor, John Miles, Paul Mullen, Jamie Clark, subs, Peter Gavanna and Bobby Grant. And you just think, you look at that and just think, Jesus Christ, what a different time supporting Stanley that was. And that was that was dire. And I always think back to that moment when people say to me, um, that was that was shit. That's the worst I've ever seen him play. I still think that was the worst I've ever seen a Stanley team play that day. We were beaten. <coughs> we were in that little side bit at Chester, if you remember, because there weren't that many of us. And we were absolutely shocking that day. And I think um, Lawrence Wilson might have been playing for him, maybe, as well. But I remember Ryan Law was definitely playing, yeah, because he scored. But any memorable games for you that popped to your mind? The other one that I was going to say, actually, was last year's Boxing Day was class was absolutely class beating Rotherham at home Burnley game called off so the, there was about 4,800 900 on it was absolutely packed and then everyone sort of stayed in the crown after we beat them they were top of the league and then everyone had a proper good knees up in the crown after didn't they it was that was a top day 
So that's one that's very memorable, even though it is the last Boxing Day. Yeah, and that Rotherham game does does spring to mind um, because I think we were on a bit of a ropey run as well. And yeah, they, yeah, were on, yeah. they, they were on some ridiculous unbeaten run as well. So for us to do them, I think it was an over, was it an overhead kick from McConville as yeah, well. Yeah, it was a mad goal. Yeah, we, they had a few cleared off the line and stuff like that. I took my mates. My mates' dads came because Burnley were off. They came with us for the day, and my mates' dad was like, "You know, oh god, it's like watching Burnley in eighties. They were absolutely buzzing. They absolutely loved it. After it was, we had a proper good day. Um, and then obviously, yeah, good sing song in the crown after where Ash Seed nearly lost his leg. But uh, <laughs> if you remember that, it's slipping on that table. Halcyon days. The one that jumps out for me is um, this one that you know a lot of Stanley fans will would probably pick. Boxing Day 2011, uh, the Brian Hughes wonder goal to beat Morecambe. Yes, you know, yes, just unbelievable. There's there's little moments in football, which is why it's such a great sport, where somebody can pop up, do something, never be heard from again, but they have immortality, uh, and that's that's Brian Hughes, isn't it? You're talking about a goal. 11 years ago now, from a man who mustn't have played more than 20 games at a push, if that. Um, and he's always remembered, and he's he'll, he'll always be fondly remembered, and he, he'll never have to pay for a pint in the crown. It's, uh, it's a funny old game. But yeah, just the... Uh, I can see it. I can see it clearly in my mind's eye now. I can, I can remember where I was stood, and I can, I can remember him turning and just hitting it, and you just watch the arc of the ball, and you just knew it was going in. And that just that millisecond where the keeper's grasping for it, but as a supporter, you know he's not going to get there, and you know it's going in. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And then uh, just absolute pandemonium, people running to the front. It's a picture of me, top was going procky, a massive bear hug. Um, oh, it was a real special day. And like you say, boxing anyway, so you're win or loser on the booze. That was a, that was a great trip home and a great. Um, just a great, great evening. Yeah, I remember where I was. I was stood next to Matt Ainsworth, tree cutter. I remember that. I stood with him behind the goal there at Morecambe. And um, was that maybe the first year we'd been there to the new ground? Maybe it was mm. one of the, one of the first yeah, couple. Yeah, it's quite early, yeah. wasn't it? Um, but yeah, I've still got I've got a white shirt of Brian Hughes's that he scored that goal in. I don't think it's that one, but I've got somehow right. got a shirt lying around of his. Yeah. Um, 2009, it opened the Globe Arena. Ah, there you go. And yeah, because we yeah. we won 3-2 there. We, we I think Jimmy Ryan scored one year as well, didn't they? Um, 2010, sorry. They broke ground in 20, 2009. Uh, it opened in 2010. So, yeah. So, when did the first game come kick off? Um, and then half of it's still got to be got to be built by the looks of it as well. Well, that's it. When do you ever finish a ground, building a ground within a year? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Very good. Um, right then, mate. Just one last thing, I guess, that we um, should touch on is if you've been on twitter or social media um in the last week you will have seen this um andy holt versus heimben council sort of debate slash um shouting match slash episode of coronation street that's going on um yeah i mean i guess just for a bit of context for people that maybe don't know anything about it where i'm sure if you listen to this i'm i'm sure you probably do know a little bit about it but from what I can see and from what I have read, and obviously a lot of it is just hearsay and I'm going off stuff that I've seen on people's, that people have commented on who probably don't have a lot of information themselves. From what I can see, the club has had to postpone or cancel six band gigs in the new year um, from tribute acts that they were going to have on and from multiple noise complaints that the club have received from um, residents in the area. And something weird happened with your microphone there. Um, From multiple noise complaints that the club have received in the area that have led to Heimburn Council doing some investigation on this. Um, And Andy Alt has taken serious issue with this to the point where he's thrown a bit of a paddy online, um, gone a little bit, a little bit crazy to be fair hasn't he and he's ended up deleted as we sit here now talking about this on the 20th of december he's deleted his twitter account um and he's he's sort of alluding to the fact that he's done all he can for the club and he and he might be looking to sort of move it on have i missed anything out there or am i missing anything blatant at all no no he alluded to the council won't work with him then he'll let the club die um which were the words used now, I said to you the, the other day, I hope that we're missing something. Because as far as the naked eye can see, uh, they built the clubhouse, which again, beautiful facility, no problem with that. Um, but it's basically be- become a pub, hasn't it? It's open um, during the week. Um, there's lots of events on, which is great. Um, but the residents are concerned about things like the noise, the parking, the smoking, the swearing, things like that. Um, which is understandable. You know, there is a NIMBY culture in Accrington that we've addressed before, um, but people's concerns are legitimate, especially if you, you, you have no interest in football. But um, what seems to be baffling a lot of people I've spoken to is this thing about getting angry that the council didn't didn't tell them they were doing these noise checks. Well, they can't do that. They can't treat you differently. It's a, it's, a, it's a standard process. The complaints come in. I mean, it might be, might be completely wrong, but the complaints come in. The complaints are investigated. If they say to you, right, we're coming on the 12th of May, then what's the point of the, of the mystery shop? Because you can just turn it down on the 12th of May. You know, imagine doing that with any other walk of life. I own a kebab shop. Um, oh, um, we're closing you down because we found rats. They should have told me you were coming. This is, this is outrageous. I'm closing the kebab shop. You know, it... it 
again, you hope you're missing something. But it sounds to me like it's a normal premises sound check that other pubs, clubs, bars, restaurants would get in a residential area. And it's not the end of the world. You can work with people and you can you can make adaptations, but you've got to be very wary of burning your bridges. I, me and uh, Lee were having a talk the other day and uh, you know, we made the point that if I say to you, um, can I borrow a fiver? And you say no, and I say fuck off, you silly cunt. Are you then next month going to give me that fiver? Probably not. So there are there are frustrations to be had, but um, you know there are question marks possibly to be raised in how it's been dealt with. And I I understand you you know there are some people who are acolytes and will probably. Um, go mental at that, but nobody should be immune to questions being asked. That's all they are, questions. No one's pointing fingers. People are just confused by the turn of events and just want some answers and want some natural questions to, to, to be resolved. It's not, you know, it's not, no one's having, uh, no one's attacking anybody or claiming to know anything they don't. But if you can't question things, then it becomes a sort of, you know, North Korea um, style way of doing things, not from the club, just just generally in society. You know. Well, that's true, and I think that I think you're absolutely right in what you've said there, and I think a lot of people are just simply asking that question: Am I missing something here? Do we have all the information? But we can only go off what we see on Twitter. Obviously, the council aren't going to say anything about it. And to be fair, the stuff that Andy says is very, very heat of the moment. It's very, very aggressive. You know, he, he's, he's calling councillors tossers and et cetera, et cetera. And then there's certain areas of the fan base that I've seen, wankers, this, that, every name under the sun. And I'm, I just think to myself, well, that's not really going to sort of, it's not really going to help anybody out. And also, do they have all the information as well? I think that we have an issue as a fan in certain areas of the fan base and to a certain extent the football club now there's these things keep happening and i think that people don't have all the information and have got blinkers on and just think that if absolutely everything isn't being done to sort of aid the football club then it's absolutely wrong and anybody who's got any other opinion is a complete tosser i've seen some disgusting language used to be fair and you listen i've called people this and that on twitter we all have haven't we but i just wonder at times how long this can go on with people not having any information and like you say we might be missing something here and we might be doing this but i'm i'm sort of past the point now of apologizing for it when all i'm saying is we don't have all the information, do we? It, it's, it's just very bizarre, whoever you support, whatever club, to be attacked for critical thinking. You know, everyone... If What I would say to anyone, away, even away from football, if somebody asking you a question or somebody, you know, wanting a little bit more information about something triggers you or sets you off, that, to me, is inherently a problem with you. It's um, and that's nothing to do with what's going on at the football club. You know, you should people should be able to say, uh, you know, am I missing something, or are the are the council not not following procedure? Because let's say the council 
don't usually do mystery shops and they randomly decided to do it, yeah, fair game, different kettle of fish. Yeah? Or if the club is being treated differently to other businesses, yeah, different kettle of fish again. Poor behaviour. But if someone's put a complaint in and a routine is being followed and the council you know, are issuing directives in order to of what to do, I'm sure they want it to be resolved, then you, you do have to ask yourself, am I, you know, are we not privy to something or, or are we missing something? And I just think you don't want that to come back and, and buy it because councillors are people at the end of the day and people subconsciously make decisions. So the next time you want to build something or plan something, you know, it can come back to um, to bite you sometimes and no one wants that to happen. Like you said there as well, that we've we've made comments in the past, haven't we, with people making complaints about the drum and stuff on a Tuesday night. This is a completely different issue because now the club has taken on a different sort of thing where it is able to hold these events to the certain hours in the morning, et cetera, et cetera. I think that you could make the argument, you can't really use that argument now where you say, well, you've moved next to a, you know, a club. What did you expect? <laughs> Someone might have knew, moved next to a football club, yes, but somebody didn't move next to a pub that's been hoping, you know, that's been having events, Christmas parties, etc., until the early hours, um, as much as they are. Um, so I think that's fair enough. Another point that I just like to make, and again, I'm just I'm just playing devil's advocate here, and I don't know anything about anybody who's made any complaint or whatever. I'm not. I'm not. I don't even live in the area anymore full time, really. There's a special. Um, there's a special educational needs place on the corner of the road there on, on Wally Road, if I'm not mistaken, near the Crown. And that houses people that have got, you know, um, sort of high needs, special educational stuff that I'm sure is 24 hour care. And the first thing that I thought of was, you know, what if what if the complaints have been made by, you know, people that have got... Um, family members or people that are in that facility that are maybe distressed in, at night or, you know, they can't get to sleep, et cetera, et cetera. And it's that sort of high needs um, atmosphere in there. That's another thing that I think hasn't really gone unsaid. I, again, I don't know anything about that, but that's the thing that struck me. Um, it could be it could be even be that. I don't even know how many of these complaints have been made and who's made them. But it could be something that isn't just grumpy old Derek at number 69. It could be something a lot more um, complicated and a lot more sort of that needs looking into and procedure needs following before, you know, X, Y, and Z, just call Ambon Council a set of wankers on Twitter. Yeah, and, and there is this thing again, you know, we, 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 you talk about grumpy old Derek and things like that. This thing about, oh, well, if Accrington doesn't want a football club, oh, I'll let it die and fuck off they're not mutually exclusive because you don't want something doesn't mean you don't want the town and the football club to thrive. Take emotion out of it, take Stanley out of it. Let's say they said, oh, we're going to build a uh, a massive tripe factory in front of your house. It's going to stink. It's going to smell like shit. There's going to be noxious fumes all day, every day in your house. Your, your carpets and living rooms will stink of tripe. Uh, but it's going to create a few jobs. It's good for the town but you'll have to actually walk through the factory to get into your house, actually, on the new plans. And you went, I'm not, can we can we not do something else about this? I'm not really keen on, on that. Uh, I like the idea of the jobs, but so, you're a fucking cunt, you're costing the town, you're a disgrace. You would never do that then. 
you would have, you would you would say, oh well, I see both sides, you'd have that dialogue. When it's something we're all passionate about, like a football club, it, it, it can put blinkers on and it can stop people from critically thinking and critically analysing sometimes. So I'm sure some of the council, yeah, are oxygen thieves. I'm sure some of the residents are moaning bastards, but there's always a grey area and there's always ways to go about things. And and a lot of people have said to me that they're just confused about why this sort of aggressive line of attack is 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 happening really. That's all. That's all it is. Well, that's true. And I found that obviously we've mentioned this before, but Andy is very, very abrupt and he's he's very, very sort of to the point with his messaging on Twitter as well. And I found some of some of the the language that he used, like he said, let the club die, let the town die, whatever it was. You know, it was something like let 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 the people of Accrington go back to living in caves like they did before 2016. I saw at one. It was something ridiculous like that. And I just thought that's absolute nonsense, you know, and the point where there was a football club before 2016, believe it or not, and there'd be a football club after as well. And. You know, I just think that that sort of aggressive um, shouting down of anything else, I find it very, very. Um, I don't, I don't know what the word would be. I find it very, very sort of toxic for the football club. And to be honest, I think there's elements of that when you go to the games as well. I feel like there's a strange atmosphere at times around the club at the minute, and I don't know whether that's coming from elements of the fan base or whatever. But like you say, I've been having these conversations with people as well. And there's a very, very strange atmosphere around the club at the minute, I think, at times. And I don't know what that's coming from, but it seems very, very toxic to me at the minute. And we've seen that first hand, haven't we? I say X, Y and Z on Twitter and you get loads of abuse off all these fellas that I've never even met before or something like that. It's very, very sort of tyrannical, it seems. It's just very, very odd. I find it all a little bit of a, at times, it's almost bullying, I think, some of the stuff that you see on Twitter. You know, if that was my if that was my parents getting called, if they were counsellors and they were getting called toss pots and wankers on Twitter by some by somebody who goes on Stanley and is only going off what Andy Alt said, then I'd be fuming as well. I don't, I just don't understand what the end goal is really. Is it just... We all shout, and if we all shout enough, then we we get what we want. Is that is that what society is? Is that what we want the football club to be in the town? Is that because you know then you go into the point where the town hated the football club ten years ago, and now we're moving towards that again? I just don't understand what the end goal is. I'm very very confused by it all, and I don't enjoy it. I don't enjoy seeing it either. All of it really. But he, the other thing is even with the. With the the way it's gone, like everyone's entitled to feel however they like. You know, if you get a parking fine, you might call that parking tenant every name under the sun, or think every name under the sun. But it damages the brand. It looks tin pot. You know, a word that we we tried so hard to sort of get away from. Really, um, a friend of mine made the point that you know there are fans of random clubs. There are there are random like Bolton. Ipswich fans who, who don't like us purely on the basis of, of of certain rants and certain things that have been said, you know, uh, not not just by, um, you know, people in the higher echelons, but of, of supporters sort of latching onto causes with a, with a blinkered view. Not that that matters, their opinion, but it, it's it's not helpful. 
you know. Um, and I want their club to be respected and uh, and sort of well thought of. Um, which it, which it did seem that it, we had got to that point as well. I just feel like we're maybe just pulling away a little bit. Just yeah. in the last couple of days, I saw that last night. Obviously, uh, Andy Oak did he did delete his um he did delete his Twitter account. One thing that made me laugh a little bit in the midst of all this chaos was that he 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 loves Twitter so much, doesn't he? And he loves sort of getting his opinion out there, which a lot of the time can be a positive thing. But did you see that he'd text the um he text Dave Burgess, hadn't he, the managing director, obviously a private message, a picture of his Freeman of Heimben thing. And then he'd text some text underneath that obviously he would have tweeted if he still had his Twitter account. And Dave Burgess had just screenshotted it and tweeted it as well. And I just thought even when he's deleted his Twitter account, he still wants to be there. He still needs to be on there. It was all very, uh, it was all just very soap opera for me, like all that stuff. I just think... Get about your business, you know what I mean? Just just do what needs to be done for the football club. Stop making it a circus. Yeah, you know, Andy's done great things for the football club. We're very grateful, very grateful for it. But if, he, if this saga was to decide that it's the end of the road, then it's thank you and good luck. The king is dead, long live the king. You know, um, we'll survive and, and, and we'll crack on and some of, you know, a lot of the infrastructure. Brilliant, we're in a better place, but you know, um, if your heart's not in it anymore or you are getting too frustrated or family reasons or whatever it is, you know, it, that's fine to, to, to walk away. Um, but the language of let the club die, I didn't, I didn't really enjoy, especially given the club's history. Um, you know, where it has been left to die two or three times now. Um, I didn't enjoy that. Um and I don't subscribe to the thing that if you take Stanley away, everything else in Accrington is destitute, knuckle-dragging barbarians. We're a proud town with a proud history. Uh, it was always punched above its weight, whether it be, you know, um, through industry, through bravery with the pals, through what we've achieved sporting-wise. You know, we've always come back. And in terms of the town itself, it's struggling, but eventually it will turn. Someone will stumble across something by accident, you know, and fortunes, fortunes will turn. You know, we've got a lot of things going for us. Accrintonians are, are great people. Um, you know, even small things like some of the buildings. I, I, I came back for the England-France game, and I also came back for the light switch on, which is a great community event. And it's just good to see the town hall and the market hall busy because the beautiful buildings inside and out. Um, there's some of the stuff on Blackburn Road, the new paving and the new roads, and there's some kind of arcades exchange thing they're opening. You look really cool and smart. So it, 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 I don't subscribe to the theory that the club the club is central to the town, but I, it, it, it's not everything to the town. It has it has other things going on as well, um, and we should all be, you know, proud of that because if you, if, you, if you follow that rhetoric. If everything else is shit, it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy, really. Well, let's just underline that point. Like you say, forever grateful for the work that Andy Holt's done up to now. I don't think this is the end of the road for him, to be honest. I think he I think he postures a little bit, and I, I certainly hope that he does keep on with the club, to be honest, because, like you say, he has, be, he has sort of changed our fortunes in many, many ways. Ooh. But if he has, like he said, if he's lost... 
interest in it. He said he doesn't even go to many of the games anymore, etc., etc. If he's lost that, if he, he fell in love with the club just like all of us did. That sort of idea of what the club is and and what it means to everyone, if that's gone for him and if the novelty's gone and he doesn't feel that anymore, then, you know, yeah, I don't know. That's hard to, that's hard to sort of get back, isn't it? Because, I mean, he's, he's you know, he's he came from sort of a non-supporting Stanley background, didn't he? He's, he's put loads into it, but he's not a fan from us at the end of the day. If he wanted to walk away, he could do. Um, but like you say, I, I hope he doesn't um, at this yeah. point, and I don't. I don't think he will, to be honest. No, uh, and like I say, he always promised to to leave us in capable hands. So I don't think he would ever leave us to die. Um, but again, you know, you just raised the point there. Just questioning certain things doesn't mean you're not grateful and, and, and thankful. Um, and it's the same, you know. Any owner of any football club has the faults. You know, Barry Kilby was in uh, the Royal Dietch in Burnley doing book signings and being adulated. I remember when he was chairman, he used to get pelters off fans for being unambitious and not putting money in. You know, um, um, Rovers fans, you know, they hated the Walker Trust. They don't put enough money in, they're unambitious. Law happened to them. You know, so it is it's sometimes a case of be careful what you wish for. Um, but, but even the best owners, you know, are not... Uh, What's what I'm looking for? They're not uh, infallible. But um, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Maybe it's a brilliant business stroke. Maybe there's somebody on the council going, oh, well, I didn't think I was a tosser, but uh, you know what? Fuck it, party on. And if that happens, I'll be the first to doff my cap. Yeah, true. Well, mate, I think that's a, a brilliant place to leave it. Uh, thank you very much. And for everybody listening, uh, we will see you on Boxing Day. And mine's a Guinness. And Gibby, what will you be drinking? Um, oh, the way I'm feeling now, whatever has the highest ABV. There you go. So Gibby will have one of them and uh, mine's a Guinness. We'll see you on Boxing Day. Up the Reds. Thank you for tuning into Raw Milk. Our theme music is Mr. Powder by Deja Vega. Our producer is Scott Borton. Follow us at Raw Milk Zine on Twitter and Instagram and Raw Milk Fanzine on Facebook. You can also download, subscribe and like all of our podcasts at Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Up the Reds! Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, 
And spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.